Welcome back to Water Flying. Today, we'd like to discuss the top 10 episodes of the first 25,000 Water Flying podcast listens. Stay tuned. You're listening to Water Flying, a weekly podcast to bring you all things seaplanes. I'm Steve McCoy, the Executive Director of the Seaplane Pilots Association. And I'm Abby Kellett, Assistant to the Executive Director at the Seaplane Pilots Association, and I'm also a flight instructor in seaplanes. The Seaplane Pilots Association is committed to protecting and promoting water flying. We achieve this by working to maintain and expand waterway access. We promote seaplane safety, create educational programs, produce the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community, and we create exciting seaplane events. We want to continue to improve this podcast, and we encourage your feedback. Feel free to reach out to us if there is anything you would like to hear in future episodes. So thanks for listening. Let's jump right in. Well, I'd like to start this very special episode with a congratulations to my co-host, Miss Abby Kellett. And congratulations to you, Steve. Quite a milestone. <laughs> yes, we have now had over 25,000 listens in, well, within our first year of producing this podcast. Amazing. Yeah. So 25,000 listens in over 91 countries around the world. And we've just, we've loved your feedback. You, the listeners, people that have found us at trade shows, Oshkosh, Sun and Fun. We really appreciate you guys just, you know, giving us suggestions. It doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, it's amazing, but we love the suggestions. We want to continue to improve this podcast and make it something relevant for you, the listeners. But we're just really excited to celebrate this milestone. Yes, we've been spreading the seaplane gospel in over 91 countries. Oh, Nothing, makes, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes me happier. So I would like to start uh, another uh, point on, on this episode, which is thanking all of our listeners, our guests, the donors to the Seaplane Foundation. Yeah, so without all of you listening, we would just be talking to each other in a room. Yeah. Like I just like to point that out. Like there has to be someone else listening or else we're this is really awkward. So thank you so much for our listeners. And the Seaplane Foundation, that's SPA's five oh one C three nonprofit sister organization doing some really great work. Yeah, and that uh, nonprofit, the Seaplane Foundation, is what makes this podcast possible. Mm -hmm. That's what funds the podcast and makes the production, uh, pays for the production cost. So the Seaplane Foundation really, uh, just to get off on that for a second, magnifies the membership uh, organization of SPA. You know, the whole, uh, our advocacy mission, our educational mission, everything we do is magnified by the Seaplane Foundation. And it does this through donor-supported programs, such as our educational programs, our scholarship programs, uh, public outreach campaigns, which this podcast is included in, all the safety seminars and workshops that we do, uh, and the, all the other all the other activities regarding safety and education, including the Water Landing Directory app, among all the other things we do. So, thank you to the Seaplane Foundation for continuing to support us and make this podcast possible. So, jumping right in, we're doing the top ten episodes for the Water Flying Podcast, coming in at number ten. Getting a multi-engine seaplane rating in an air cam. That's season one, episode three. So pretty, one of our first ones, obviously, episode three, aired October 7th, 2020. Steve and I were talking about this earlier, and our first episode was on the 22nd of, of September, September 2020. of 2020. Yeah. So we're coming up on our, on our anniversary. So happy anniversary, Steve. Thank you. 
So, getting a multi-engine seaplane rating in an air cam, we talk with Mark Twombly, editor of Waterflying Magazine, who recently had earned his MES rating in an air cam down in Sebring, down at Lockwood Aviation. So, he published a cover story. It was a beautiful cover on Waterflying Magazine, discussing his experience and the whole process that went into getting his MES. And I thought what made this episode even more special was the fact that you had recently just on your multi-engine seaplane yes. rating in the very same air cam uh, down at Sebring as well. With the same instructor, Jason really beat me up for two days. <laughs> there you go. And I, everyone knows that has spent any time with me talking airplanes. I am the biggest fan of the air cam. Uh, when, you know, I always tell people the airplane will ruin you because of the performance that you experience with it. And to have Phil Lockwood as our chairman, the creator of the air cam, uh, chairman of the board of the Seaplane Pilots Association has given me a lot more exposure to the aircraft. I've had a lot of opportunity to fly it. And I love the air cam. It's a fun airplane. I it's will just, own uh. one. There one is one in my future. <laughs> <laughs> we recently talked with Phil Lockwood, the chairman of the SPA board. And so he's just got an interesting story. I urge you to listen to his podcast as well. But that was getting your MES rating in an air cam, um, season one, episode three. And if you want to join a small club of people under 2,500 pilots in the world, including Abby and I, do, uh, uh, yes, have a multi-engine C rating. So it is an exclusive club of people, and it's more accessible than it's ever been. So number nine in our top 10 most popular episodes was On the Step, uh, which is about the wildly popular seaplane podcast done by Dan Bolton. Dan, or a.k.a. that Mallard guy, joined us to uh, discuss his experiences as a commercial turbine Mallard pilot in Australia. One of the more unique uh, uh, jobs, uh, pilot jobs you could have in the world, I think. And a great guy. He's become a great friend through the the last couple of years. Um, And his seaplane journeys really influenced the creation of... uh, uh, the podcast that he started on the step during COVID when he was sitting at home during COVID, not flying at the beginning of COVID in 2020, April of 2020, he started uh, the podcast on the step and it just went off like wildfire. It did. It did. And so if you follow Dan Bolton on Instagram or I don't know if he's on Facebook, but Instagram is really, he's on YouTube. He's on YouTube. And so he does some amazing videos, awesome pictures. So you really get a feel for, you know, his experience as a Mallard pilot in Australia. And that's season one, episode four, aired October 14th, 2020. So still one of our first ones. Yeah, and the older episodes, it's understandable that they're going to be some of the more listened to episodes Mm -hmm. because they've been around longer. But we also had uh, Dan on the cover with his Mallard on one of the issues of Water Flying. And wrote the cover story. Very interesting. So uh, if you, uh, I think, you know, things that are important to realize is that podcast was literally the uh, the inspiration for this podcast, which we've talked about before as well. Uh, After appearing on the podcast on the step with Dan, uh, it made me think about this a little bit more. And we were in the middle of COVID, not getting in front of our members and in front of the public because there were no trade shows. Exactly. And I was like, well, there's something to this. Everyone's talking about on this step. Maybe we need to join this community of podcasters. And we did uh, very shortly thereafter. And it has been 
a very enlightening and wonderful experience. It's been a fun journey. So thank you so much to Daniel Bolton for that inspiration. This is a really great podcast. We really enjoyed talking to him. If you're a fan of Grumman Flying Boats or Seaplane Adventures beyond the U.S., we highly recommend you tune into Season 1, Episode 4. So moving on to number 8. So our eighth most popular episode of Water Flying is Behind the Scenes of Icon Aircraft. That's Season 2, Episode 3, Air January 20th, 2021. So in this episode, we talk with Warren Curry from Icon Aircraft to discuss the A5. And unless you have never been to a trade show or ever looked <laughs> been up to an aviation event, ever seen anything living under a rock, <laughs> you have seen the A5. You've seen this really cool flying boat. So the company's been promoting this airplane for many years and they've had their share of challenges. I like California wild, wildflowers, wild wildfires, wildflowers <laughs> last year. I mean, they, they have really, um, they've been combating some stuff, but, but certainly it was great to talk to Warren and it provided a, certainly a new perspective on the training mindset and how they're completely revamping their training, um, setting a new standard for LSAs really, and talking about the long evolution of the A5 itself. So you can decide for yourself after you listen to this episode if Icon is meeting the challenges of the seaplane marketplace and will achieve success. Yes, and I have to uh, extend a hats off to everyone at Icon because uh, they've been very generous putting us through their training program yes. and consulting with us on how to improve their training process and their documentation. And um it was an honor to get to work with them because yeah. uh, it's always good when you can give some feedback that, that translates into making people safer. Absolutely. And, and I can speak to that because yeah. I recently went through the training over in Tampa and that was just fantastic. I got to meet Warren in person. I think I had met him at Oshkosh. So it was okay, good to see yeah. him again. So Warren Curry over at Icon. I got to work with some of the amazing instructors over there. Just had a really good time. So I get to fly the Icon now. Oh, that's and I awesome. can speak to it. It's a neat airplane. Yeah, I think. Were you flying it today? I was flying it today. Steve, watch me take off. <laughs> so having a lot of fun out there. So uh, let's move on to the seventh most popular episode. What can be done to reduce seaplane accidents? Again, it's good to see a topic like this uh, in the top 10. So uh, this was season two, episode four. It originally aired on January 27th of 2021. And we had our first Canadian guest, Mr. Jim Hartwell, who joined us in this episode. And we had a really informative discussion about what they are recommending to seaplane pilots in Britain. Columbia. And this discussion really centers a lot around the North Star practices, which we discuss, which is a voluntary program to help reduce seaplane pilots, reduce fatalities. And it really started as a protocol for the commercial operators, but it has evolved beyond that and is now extending to the Canadian private seaplane sector as well. This was such a great episode. And Jim Hartwell, just a really nice man. Like you just, you hear it talking to him. We're excited to meet him in person. But, you know, it's it's a heavy episode in the sense that, you know, people people are hurting themselves in airplanes. Yeah, and it was serious. It's not one of our lighter episodes. No, it's not. But it's important that we understand what's going wrong and what can be done to fix it. And so the North Star Practices Program, really interesting to learn about how these people, how this group in Canada is trying to reduce seaplane accidents. And certainly it's something that we can all take something away from. And if you listen to the Waterflying podcast on a regular basis, you'll know that number one, we really try to provide a 
great variety of content going in different directions, whether it's destinations or personalities or aircraft. But we do spend a lot of time on safety because yes. that is one of our biggest advocacy roles here at the Seaplane Pilots Association is to create a safer community of seaplane pilots and to keep everyone safe as we can. So we've started a manufacturer's safety group where we've got the eight largest seaplane manufacturers and float manufacturers all working with the Seaplane Pilots Association on safety issues. And this was really a nice episode because it it went to the core of our mission. Absolutely. So talking about safety, really just one of our pillars so kind of going from that heavy episode to more of a light episode. <laughs> Our lightest this, episode. This was a fun one. Steve and I had a good time doing this one. It's number six, our top most episode, number six, top most popular episode. The Great Seaplane Debate, Straight versus Amphibious Floats. So that's season one, episode nine, aired on November 18th, 2020. And in this episode, Abby and I battle it out over one of the <laughs> fundamentals we did. We'll sit at a table and talk at each other. <laughs> like, yeah, I, we fought. If you could have only seen, though, I can't wait till we start doing YouTube videos for these podcasts because <laughs> Abby literally brought in boxing gloves for this uh, episode. And uh, we were debating uh, which is better in the world of seaplanes Straight or amphibious floats? I brought rubber bands. I kept flicking them with rubber bands. <laughs> so I think I won this. But, you know, as the owner of a PA-18 Super Cub on fl amphibious floats, Steve argued on the side of pontoons with wheels. Uh, yes. And of course, Abby, of course, <laughs> who does the majority of her flying uh, these days in straight floats, championed the simple life of straight floats. Not anymore, though. Now she's flying amphibious. Now I'm flying amphibious. She's been converted. But That's she's not so even. Exciting. She's not flying amphibious float. She's flying an amphibious flying boat now. That's right. That's right. And so everything that Steve has said, you know, I listen to him on phone calls. I obviously listen in sitting 10 feet away for the manufacturer's meetings. And so talking about these amphibs, you know, just being careful. It's a it's a light episode, but certainly there is the, the undertone. Or, yeah, Overtone, yes, yeah. exactly, of be careful. You know, there's. There's considerations with amphibious floats. Yeah, so whether considerations with straight floats. Yeah, absolutely. So whether you're buying a seaplane or weighing your mm -hmm. options on which kind of float you want to consider, uh, just uh, think about um, which, you know, listen to this episode because it will point out some really revealing things about what's going to happen with it. So uh, if you want to have some fun and learn something along the way, come join us on this podcast. And that was uh, season one, episode nine, the great seaplane debate, where we take off our gloves and duke it out over amphibious and straight floats which is better <laughs> so number five things to consider before buying a flying boat uh, slash seaplane so this was episode six um, of season two and it aired on february 10th of 2021 and abby and i were joined with the discussion with Corey johnson where we talked about his process of going through uh, purchasing his first flying boat which was a lake amphibian which was, uh, our, our, you know, again, our first, I think, uh, aircraft purchasing episode. And uh, Corey had been a very experienced pilot, but he had never really experienced a lot of seaplane flying or go, had never purchased a, a flying boat or a seaplane. So it was interesting to see how methodical he was, but also all the things that he learned along the way. Absolutely. And so, Corey Johnson, that was episode... 
Six season two. He's not the only episode we've done about purchasing a seaplane, and he probably won't be the last. So stay tuned for those other episodes where we talk about buying a seaplane and what might be the best seaplane for you. But that was very eye-opening. You know, I I know the Lake Amphibian community is tight-knit. Yeah. And so they there's good information out there, but there's certainly considerations with that aircraft that I don't I'm not aware of. I'm not an instructor in Lake Amphibians. Yeah, I have never owned one. Mm-hmm. I have done quite a bit of flying in them. Right. I just talked to Harry Shannon. He was mm-hmm. mentioning, is Abby going to come fly Lake Amphibians with me still? He texted me yesterday. Okay. Well, <laughs> I love Harry. <laughs> so, and we're going to be attending the Lake Flyers uh, gathering in uh, Alexandria, Louisiana, uh, in a month or so, which I always look forward to doing. Uh, and this episode, I think, caused a lot more comments than a lot of the episodes because yeah. the lake crowd is so tight knit. Yes, and they, it's it's interesting, and so I. You know, any lake amphibian pilots out there, just know we're we're supporting you. We want to learn more about the community because I know it's it's an interesting facet of the seaplane community. But it's a very complex airplane with is. a lot of uh, unique things, both from a maintenance and from an operational standpoint. And uh, again, um, we enjoy covering it. We enjoy talking about them. So uh, you'll hear a lot more about Lake Amphibians on the podcast. For Absolutely. Sure. So thank you, Corey Johnson, for joining us for that episode. So moving on to number four, understanding seaplane insurance rates. That's season two, episode 16, aired April 21st, 2021. This was actually one of my favorite episodes, and I think that's, I wasn't expecting it to be one of my favorites, <laughs> but I learned so much. I feel like I asked some stupid questions in the podcast, and Art is like, oh, Abby, what are you asking that for? But but I learned so much. You know, it's, I really expected to be kind of, not falling asleep, but it. Oh, who didn't turn off their cell phone, Mr. McCaughey? Wow, there we go. So Abby's looking, she's getting, yeah, she's giving me the look. Of I got the rubber de- bands. Yeah, the look of death. I apologize about that. Uh, so Art Bossler from Falcon Insurance joined Steve and I in episode 16 of season two. And we plan on doing more episodes talking about seaplane insurance. It's one of our most asked for episodes. And there's really so much to it. There's so many factors that go into your seaplane insurance rates. So if you're considering purchasing a seaplane or if you already own one, Insurance is going to be a major cost factor. You need to understand how the insurance rates are calculated, what you can do to reduce the cost of your seaplane insurance. And it's really not a surprise that this is one of our most popular episodes. I just, I really enjoyed talking about it, learning about it, and there's more to come because there's more information on it. Yeah. So if, uh, again, if you're ever considered buying a seaplane or if you're, you are a seaplane owner, this is a really important one. Uh, Of course, as a seaplane owner myself with an Anfib Super Cub, one of the more expensive airplanes you can probably in the lighter category, Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't say that with caravans and, you know, gooses and everything else out there, but with the reputation of Super Cubs and Anfibs, uh, it can be an expensive airplane. Uh, it's something I have to navigate and work with 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 my insurance underwriter quite a bit. And uh, in my capacity as the executive director, I mean, we're on an endless quest. Uh, Abby's been in some of the meetings where we've met uh, with the insurance companies. And what we're doing is trying to find every way possible to make our community safer because ultimately that the single biggest factor that's affecting the insurance rates are the claims and the only way we're ultimately going to reduce p- 
people's insurance rates for seaplanes is to reduce the amount that the underwriters are paying out on claims. So we have to make the community safer. Exactly. Uh, and we are deeply, deeply committed at the Seaplane Pilots Association to doing that. Like we previously said, you know, safety is pretty much our top pillar because yeah. it, it we, all revolves we have to have around that. Whether it's water yes, access, whether absolutely. it's, you know, keeping families and pilots safe and their passengers safe, keeping the cost of operation down, everything comes down to safety. You cannot really overvalue or or underestimate how much seaplane safety impacts everything else that the seaplane community experiences, whether it's the safety, whether it's the access, whether it's the insurance rates, whether it's the availability of aircraft, because when a 185 is destroyed, it, it's on yes. titanium. They're mm-hmm. not making any more of them and they're mm-hmm. never going to make any more of them. So uh, it is a depleting resource, and all these factors affect what we experience as seaplane pilots. So number three, we're down to our top three, uh, and the number three episode in our top 10 of the first 25,000 listens was our LSA's Real Seaplanes, because I know as the executive director over the years, and, and probably less and less with every passing year, But there has been this kind of pre-assumption by a lot of our more long-term members that LSAs are not real seaplanes because it's not a 185. It's not a beaver. You're not going into deep backcountry flying with them. And that's fine. They're not designed to do that, but they're putting people in seaplanes. So our LSA's Real Seaplanes was episode 14 of season one. It aired on December 23rd, just before Christmas in 2020. And um, we were joined uh, by the only CFI in the world. At the time of this recording. (laughs) That was a factory authorized. That was our legal ease going in there (laughs) at the time of this recording. That uh, was a factory authorized instructor in the Progressive Aerodyne C-Ray, the Icon A5, and the Super Petrol. And that was Mr. Mike Pearson. Yeah, so it was great to meet Mike Mike Pearson at Oshkosh. He was there with C-Ray. And it was just an excellent conversation. You know, the whole idea that are LSAs real seaplanes? Well, when you consider the cost. Yeah. I mean, those people that have LSAs, they could like conceivably fly I mean, a substantial bit more than someone that has a real seaplane, like a 185 or a Beaver or a 206. And so we really, we wanted to focus on that, giving those people some credit because it's a growing community. The LSA community is continuing to expand and it's bringing more people into our seaplane world. And so we need to, we need to open the arms to them. And I'll just point out, I have not owned my Super Cub for decades. You know, I've had it for less than five years Mm -hmm. now. And I paid more for my Super, or less for my Super Cub than you would pay for a new Sea Ray or a new Icon Mm -hmm. or a new Super Petrol. So these airplanes are a very big investment. And it was interesting to have Mike on, who has had over 5,000 hours of flight time, Over a thousand hours of that 5,000 has been logged in LSA seaplanes. And he's had such a wide range of experience as an instructor. He's very involved in, in all of the manufacturers and the instructor organizations in making these people safer. And uh, there was there are very few people, I think, that were as qualified as Mike to answer the question, are LSAs real seaplanes? Are they? Yes. But no, you have to listen to the episode. <laughs> Dang it, Steve. You gave the answer away. That's why they listen to the episode. 
But yes, LSAs are real seaplanes. Please accept them. So episode two, coming up on number two, that's Seaplane Corrosion, What You Need to Know. That's season one, episode 11, aired December 2nd, 2020. On this episode, we talk with legendary seaplane mechanic, Harry Shannon, as we discuss seaplane corrosion. So properly preventing and repairing corrosion on your seaplane is essential to the longevity of your seaplane, the safety of the operation, and really reducing the overall cost of ownership. Your airplane's going to last longer. It's going to fly better. You're going to be safe if you recognize the need for corrosion prevention, especially if you're operating on a place like saltwater. Yeah, and there is no finer A&P or maintenance individual in the world than Harry Shannon, in my mind, to talk about corrosion because his experience goes back decades and decades working not only with lake amphibians, but with a whole variety of seaplanes, including, you know, now he's doing the Kodiaks. He was doing the Porter. Uh, he's he's just done. He's done otters. He's done malls in, that operated in salt water. Mm-hmm. So you have a steel tube aircraft yes. with fabric, mm-hmm. where the salt water gets under that mm-hmm. fabric and gets trapped on the on the steel frame. There's very few people that I know of in the world that are more. Uh, qualified to talk about corrosion on seaplanes than Harry Shannon. And if you want to learn how to avoid some really costly mistakes and how to approach maintaining seaplanes, this is a great episode and I'm glad to see it as number two on our list. And I don't remember who it was. It was, I don't think it was Harry, but it was a guest and he was telling us this story of they were out fishing. They were they were on salt water. They might have been. That was my story. <laughs> that was your story? Oh. Can you tell the story? I'll probably tell it better than I well, can. We were, I thought it was funny. Like 100 miles off of uh, the coast of Mexico in a Grumman albatross. And we were out in the Pacific Ocean. And we had landed. We were shut down. And we were meeting a shark diving boat uh, to do cage diving with great white sharks. And... And the owner of the airplane goes, do you hear that? I was like, what? He goes, you don't hear that? I'm like, the bilge. I'm getting nervous. What do you mean? The the bilge pump. What what am I listening for here? And he goes, you don't hear the sound of the ocean eating my airplane? That stuck with me. I forgot (laughs) that it was you. I feel really bad. I thought it was a guest, but that's such a good story because it really is it's absolutely true and so this episode learning how to prevent seaplane corrosion so that you're not in the position where the ocean is eating your airplane or if it is maybe trying to stop it (laughs) trying to take care of it for as long as you can keep these airplanes flying so that brings us to number one What was like the, the most listened to episode out of the first 25 listens of the Water Flying Podcast? And that uh, title goes to episode number five from season one in uh, October 21st of 2020. Where can seaplanes land? Again, at the very heart of SPA's mission and everything we do. So I am super stoked to see that. 
as our number one episode and that it goes all the way back to our it was only our fifth episode right. ever so we we must have done something right with there well it's the question lots of people have you know where can i land a seaplane if you google like seaplanes you know they have those commonly asked questions yeah where can i land in a seaplane and we're trying to answer it in this episode so I, it was just funny because I was going to mention to you, I was going to just kind of throw Mark Rassi's name out because we hadn't mentioned his <laughs> name in this entire podcast. And it's kind of a running joke with us that we always mention Mark Rassi's name. But now that I think about it, this episode was where we did our first interview with Mark Rassi, who is the head of our field director program for the Seaplane Pilots Association. And he and he also does a lot of the work on the water landing directory app to help pilots determine where they can and cannot land a seaplane. So Mark Rassi weaseled his way into number one <laughs> on, on, on to the top 10 episodes of the first 25,000 listens of water. I think he can flying. already sense it. He just kind of knows because every time we mention his name, I think it's like Beetlejuice, <laughs> except every time we mention his name, it's like money falls on him or something. I don't know. He, was, he gets paid. He gets he gets royalties every time we use his name. And we punk him and we give him a hard time and we love him to death uh, or we wouldn't give him such a hard time. He literally has bought a lifetime membership for every single member of his family for the Seaplane Pilots Association, his wife, his children, everyone but his pets now. So I got a cute photo of his dog drinking out of an SPA dog bowl yesterday that he texted me. So uh, I think we're going to have to create a lifetime membership because he's run out. He (laughs) either needs more children or grandchildren because he's run out of people to buy lifetime memberships for. That's excellent. So just Mark Rassi, thank you so much for everything you do with the field directors, with the water landing app. Um, just really God, appreciate We didn't get you. through this without mentioning his name. I, I can't believe this. Gosh, redo so, it. So anyway, going back to the number one episode, uh, again, where can seaplanes land? We attack this issue and try to answer these questions. And to many people's surprise, determining where and where you cannot land a seaplane is not as easy as most people assume. Uh, we do have a great uh, resource in our national uh, and international network of field directors, which are local pilots that live in these regions. And they're also another great uh, resource for people trying to determine where they can land and operate seaplanes. So this is a really highly informative episode. It kind of tells you what we do behind the scenes here a lot at the association. And I'm just thrilled that it was number one. So There we have it, uh, breaking down the top 10 episodes. Absolutely. And just kind of going back to that water landing directory app, everyone, all of our members can be volunteers updating information in that app. We want to give it, we want to make it the most accurate up to date that we can make it so that other people know, you know, where you can land and what services are available, any destinations, any events. So feel free to submit any modification requests, put in that information. We want that information So all of you members that have the app on your phone, on your iPad, you can submit information to update the Water Landing Directory app, and we urge that you do that. So it's been a great first year of the podcast. We'd like to thank all of our listeners, all of our guests that have joined us this year. Please subscribe and share the link with your friends who you think may enjoy the show and continue to send us feedback. We really want to make this the best episode we can for you. It's for you, our members, our listeners, people that are going to benefit from this. 
So comments and suggestions are more than welcome. We hope you've enjoyed this uh, kind of lighthearted review of our top 10 episodes from the first 25,000 listens of the Waterflying podcast, which occurred in the first year. And I'm so pleased. I don't want to jinx us. I'm going to knock, on, knock, wood. <laughs> knock on wood here because we have done uh, 52 episodes without missing a single release. Uh, we've oh, had a couple, a couple of hiccups here oh, and there. Gosh. I know I've jinxed us now. Really? Uh, Abby, it has been a tremendously enjoyable experience for the last year. Congratulations. Uh, we have created something special, I feel. Uh, and that's the, the feedback that I get from our members. And uh, that's, that's an honor. And Looking forward so, to continuing on. Yes, so. as I am. So until next time, uh, we are looking forward to the next year and getting to 50,000 listens as soon as possible. So make sure you spread the word about uh, our podcast here, the Waterflying Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this review and we're looking forward to more. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.